Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. What we're going to do this week is a little bit different. There's no guest. It's just me, Tom. I'd like to go through some tips, tricks and some of the presentation we teach in our training centre here in Darlington to flooring professionals to get better jobs, earn more money and probably more importantly, only work for the right clients. I mean, let's get real. No one really likes to be sold to. If you go looking for that new car and you walk outside of your front door, you're not really excited that there's a really good salesman that's going to sell you that car. Um, But what about looking at this in a different way? What about looking at it if you went out for a meal? You know, you would hope that the chef knows what he's doing because then the food will be good. Or if you went to the doctor's, with a problem and you kind of would think you know I bloody hope that this doctor knows what he's doing so selling is just committing to understand what the other party wants the biggest misconception of selling is closing that deal or telling them what they want all that selling is is asking the right questions and once you've asked them the right questions it's then selling that person what they need so we're going to go through some steps that have massively helped me over the 19 years i've been selling flooring commercially domestic retail it's predominantly the same thing but I've put it all together in, we do do this with clients over two to three days intense training and we really knuckle down and master our pitch. But we're going to start with the the basics and I've put these into six sections and the six sections are the first contact, so that's when they phone up or email or you know so the first time that they make contact with you or your business number two is the first meeting so that's the face to face when they actually look you in the eye number three is my six step pitch when you are in front of someone and number four is the quotation now the quotation we're going to go through is not a one shoe fit all, fits all, but if you can pick little nuggets from it, uh, hopefully that helps when you're caught in your next job. Number five is adding value to your services and products. And number six, really importantly, and people forget, is the follow up. So let's get down to it. First contact. Now, as flooring professionals, normally this is done 
either when they walk through your shop door or when they phone you on your mobile or landline or email or even through social media. Now, I think there's some scientific or statistics that you judge the person you are in front of or phone up within the first couple of seconds. And this is just as important when someone comes to buy your flooring or your services, if it's sanding or or whatever it is, um, as long as it's flooring related, we're going to stick on that subject. So here's some, which some people are going to think they're really basic, but then also we have had clients that just don't follow these steps and then wonder why they're not getting the right clients or not getting the, the amount of money that they wish to be paid. But by just simply implementing some of these into your business, I genuinely think that this will move you to one step closer to that. So, first of all, telephone. If your calls go through to your mobile, most of the guys that have retail shops, this should be a given, but the guys that are working for mobiles, answer your phone promptly. If it does go to answer phone, put an answer phone message. Don't be lazy. Now, when you do this voicemail, it could be an idea to just say, hi, thanks for the call. You're through to so-and-so flooring. We're all, we're all with clients at the moment or we're out on site. Please leave your name and number and we'll come back to you as quick as possible. So what I'm getting at there is don't have an answer phone. Hi, Steve, leave a message. No. Professional, ask the person what you want them to do and then implement that on your answer phone. Again, if you're answering the phone, you know, say good morning, John's flooring, or good morning, John speaking. It's just a little bit more professional, and if it is that higher paying client, they're going to expect a little bit different just to, hello? So think about it. Just first point of contact. Now, if that person has emailed you or sent you a message on social media, the automatic response some people do is then start a dialogue with that person. And if they haven't given you their telephone number, I would personally say, hi, Mrs. Smith, thank you so much for reaching out. Please, could we have your telephone number so we can discuss your project? She may have sent you pictures. She may have said, how much is it for this? Well, get them on the phone. We're all humans, and human to human, we get better results. So, so both elements of this, we've either got them on the phone that they've rang us, or you've asked for the telephone number and you've rang them. At this point, it's critical that we either make a professional opinion on if this is the perfect client for us. So a really simple way of doing that is setting out the basics. So the name, the address, the telephone number, and the email, we take that down and we write that down so we've captured the data. Um, you can 
sort of look at the if if the area is within your catchment so you can make that judgment call if it's a bit too far so again we can get rid of that lead if it's 70 miles from you and it's not a job for you so we can cut that quite quite short then talk through the job with the client so what room is it who lives in the house have they got kids have they got dogs what sort of colors do they like natural oak dark oak medium just have so ask some very very basic questions to give you as the expert an idea of what they would like at this point you don't need to sell yourself you don't need to be telling them we do this we do that we do the other just take some details really try and understand what they're trying to achieve from this project then if you've got a showroom invite them in for a coffee at a set time to discuss their project and then prepare the samples you feel will work but we'll come back to that and again if you're just a guy in a van you've took all this information to understand what they want and just really at any point you feel it's not a fit for you there's one of a few things one if it's out your catchment area um, you can say sorry I'm afraid we don't cover that area again the lead's gone and you move on and you get on with more appropriate work or number two if you feel that the job may not be for you or that it is very price-led at this point there is no problem saying okay mrs smith from what you've told me what i'm going to do is just pop an estimate it, it's not going to be exactly it's going to be a real ballpark um, of what i think this job is going to start from and possibly end from and then subject to you saying that is okay we'll then survey the property and I'll give you an exact quotation. And at this point, that also gives an opportunity that if you're not 100% sure you want to visit this house, it will benchmark if they, their idea of good value or their idea of expensive is exactly the same as yours. So again, you are just double checking that you can work with this client. Obviously, if you get on quite well on the phone and you just book that appointment, that's great. But there's got to be some due diligence when, when going over a job with someone. Again, you don't need to know their life story, but it's good to get the right information and be relatively thorough so you fully understand and you're not wasting your time spending time away from your friends and family at 6 o'clock at night going to price these jobs. So it's critical you understand what they want. So pre-qualify, pre-qualify, pre-qualify. So once we've done that and we feel that this client could be for us, which is going to be 99% of them, but we do need to disqualify some and just move on and let someone else do the job if it's just not a fit. So again, this is for the guys where we're going to arrange a site survey so we're going to number two and that's the first meeting so my recommendation is so you're going to pull up at the house or the commercial property or wherever it is we're, we're probably 
going to weigh on the side of this being a retail sale. So you're going to visit a domestic house, but you can use this for commercial too. As I said, this system is not a one size fits all. Make an effort to show up at the door, smart, casual, preferably in a branded t-shirt. Don't turn up to a job in your Adidas tracksuit or, you know, the jumper you've had since 2013 that's full of glue. Try and carry a coat or a jumper that's not full of glue or screed that has your company logo on the front. This is basic stuff, guys, but turn up like you are going to do some business, not that you're going into a pit of glue or etc. So just try. I'm not asking you to put your best shoes on. I'm not asking you to do that. What you need to just present yourself as the professional, as the expert. So a branded top would be great. So once you've showed up, turn up with your tape measure, no pacing around the room or forgetting your pen, turn up prepared. And the last step, which not many people think is Take a breath before you go in and absorb the information that you've took originally so you then become acquainted of what they wanted because it might have been two weeks ago since you took all their details down. When you knock on the door, use the name, and we're going to come back to what happens next in a moment. And we just take into account that we're not going to use words as possibly, could be, maybe, it depends. It just gives an air of uncertainty. We need to be certain we can give this client what they want. So just taking that time, rather than jumping straight out of your car or your van, that we are the person for the job and we know exactly what we're doing. Which some of you may be just new to business and that is a bit nerve-wracking. Some of us would claim to be the best flooring contractors in our area. But again, we need to be certain that we know what we need to do once we've agreed with a client. So the next step is my six step pitch. And by pitch, we're not gonna shine our shoes and sell them some double glaze and that is not what we're gonna do. But this process by far has won me multiple seven figures of turnover and it works, it works and it works, but you've got to practice. It's just like riding a bike. You'll get swayed off, you'll fall off, you'll get back on, you'll tweak it. You need to modify it so it suits you and your business. This only works if you do it with integrity, honesty, and be yourself. You are not trying to be someone else. So, first, knock on the door, use their name. So what we're looking for is emotion. So you need to find something that is a connection between you and this client. So, if it's a recommendation, the connection is the recommendation. So, hi, Mr. Smith, how are you doing? Yep. Oh, I believe we were recommended by John up the street. 
if they haven't been recommended, maybe mention the weather. If they've got a dog and you have a dog, mention that you love dogs and you've got one. If there's kids running around and you've got kids, what I'm saying is find a connection between you and the person stood in front of you and your job when you walk into that property is just to break the ice in your way and the way you would normally do it, possibly with friends or family, and just be yourself. So once you've broken the ice and you're in the house, what we're going to do now is ask them what they want. I mean, bear in mind, we've got some of this information already, but your job after you've broken that ice is to shut up and ask questions. So you may have these questions preempted. You may have the experience just to ask them. So what color? How would you like it to look? Parquet, plank. How big? What have you seen that you like? Just questions to really give you a super clear idea of what they want. If you're sanding, what tone do you want? Etc. You could even ask, when would you like this work doing? Just build up the idea of what they want. So by this point, you've got the lead sheet with information on you. Then face to face and you've asked them. At this point, you have not sold your service. You've not told them who you are. You've not told them anything. And yes, you're going to get clients to say, oh, I don't know. What do you think? At this point, just say, oh, well, I'll get a few more things and we'll go through all the options. So once you have got a absolutely crystal clear idea of what this client might might want or what options you may think um, would work in this property, and we've definitely asked everything. Again, we don't probably don't need to discuss budget at this point. But you say, what have you seen? What? How much was that? Just ask the questions. Once that's done, we are going to then educate them. So what I mean by that is if we are selling a product, let's, let's just work with a wooden flooring product. Um, so you guys that are doing LVT and stone and things like that. But you can do this for your own business. I'm going to stick with wood because that's my expertise. So from what you've told me, here's two options. Option one is a 150 by 18 Chinese product from a great manufacturer. I've used them for years. And the lengths are 300 to 1800. You can show this with your hands. And it's at a cost point brought over in large containers but overall it's a great quality product but it is on the scale of things it's a little bit cheaper and option two is a european premium sustainably sourced long length floor that is yes it's brush and oil the same as option one but it's a different cost different oak different plywood and just basically educate them of the pros and cons to both products. At this stage, you've not 
recommended one. You've just stated the facts between A and B. Again, if there's only one option in, in your eyes, you can just educate them on that one option. So if, if they want a square edge block that's sanded, educate them where you buy it from, what how that's made. Just, just a brief overview of the educational side of what, what from what they've told you to what you can provide them. Once that's done, that, that, that can take anything from two minutes to sort of maximum, maybe 10, maximum. Because some people want to know the far end of it, and that's ours. Some people just want to know the facts. So again, you've got to judge the person who stood in front of you. Some people want to really dig into where the plywood's from and who's cut the trees down, who made the LVT, and etc. Some people don't give a monkeys. They just want that quote. So... Once we've educated them about the product, we're then going to move on to explain to the client how we're going to get the result that they've asked us to get. So this is where you need to be 100% confident in what you do. You're the expert. You're the flooring guy. So LVT guys that don't want to use a floated, loosely, you know, if that's not what you do. So you will explain that the floor will be screeded with a latex screed first, and then it will be fully bonded to the house. And then, so you just need to explain how you are going to get the result they've asked you to get and what is required for that. So if you guys move the furniture, so we are going to move the furniture, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So all you've done to recap on them a few points, is broke the ice, ask them some really good questions of what they want, educate them on the product or service, and then you're going to explain briefly how you get that result. So, wood guys, are you secret nailing it? Are you sticking it down? You're just going to tell them how you're going to get that. I do not recommend... Some people may disagree or agree, but my personal opinion on this, and this is what's worked for me, is I do not float any wooden floors. So I will explain, within manufacturers' recommendations, you could float this floor. But as a company, I won't do that, and these are the reasons why not. And these are the results you would get if it's floated, and these are the results if it's stuck down. And this is why I would not offer it, and I wouldn't undertake, undertake the job if it wasn't stuck down. So explain that as thoroughly as you feel fit. So once we've done that, we're then going to possibly show some photographs of some work or possibly mention a job we did a couple of weeks ago. We're just going to give an example. Now, guys, if we're doing jobs 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, sometimes it's worth dropping into a conversation, certainly on the high-end residential market, that if you've done a job very similar to this, that was a lot of money, it's always worth saying, look, as this project is going to be a big investment, what I'd be prepared to do is take you to another job we've done of a similar size and show you the workmanship me and my guys do. 95% of the time, the client will not take you up on that. But you need the confidence to be able to say, look, I've done this before. And I've got a good working relationship with my clients and they would let them let you have a look around their house.
if you don't have any photographs on you or you've got them on your saved on your computer what you can do is at this stage say right what we've discussed i can't really show you the result i'm going to get but what i will do when i get home i'm going to email you the photos or i'm going to whatsapp them to you the before and the after with the flower floorboards the before and the after the herringbone before and after the screed in the LVT. Um, it's great for you sanding guys that do the before and after, you know, what would my pine floorboards look like? Well, that's what it looks like when it was before. That's when it looks like when it's down to 180 grit, and that's what it looks like with a, a stain and three-quarter lacquer. So if you can show that you can do this job by even just simply sending that WhatsApp message, it, it it's creating a picture for the client that you can definitely deliver this job. So this is the last point that most people forget. And before you walk out that door, you've got one job and you need to tell them what happens next. So two parts of this is you need to make a commitment to that client when they're going to get the quotation. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it straight away. I've done lots of testing with this, and the quicker you get the quotation to the client, the better results you get. So for the lazy boys that are doing it two to three weeks' time and the client's always chasing them, have you done the quote, you know, that's putting you on the back foot. So my advice would be to get these quotations in as quick as you physically can. Um, but if you can't and it's just you in a van and you've got to do everything, you're the marketing manager, you're the quotation man, you're all woman, you know, doing all the stuff, I understand that these things sometimes take time. So you need to say, well, thank you so much for your time, Mrs. Smith. What will happen next is I'll send you a quote by email or by post, or I'll drop it through the door, or whatever you're going to do. And I will endeavour to get this done on or before this date. And then it's your responsibility to do that. If you're going to give someone a promise, please, for God's sake, fulfil that promise. And then the next bit, which is part of this, what happens next, is... If you just drop into the conversation, once I've sent the quotation to you, I will follow up with you in about seven days, approximately, to see if you've got any further questions on the quotation we've sent. And if you get, just so you know, if you'd like to proceed with the work, these are my terms. So in one of our businesses, we take a 10% when we give them the date. We take 50% four weeks before the job, and then we ask for the final balance once the work is completed in full. So I'll just quickly mention, to place your book, and we take the 10%. And then when it comes near the time, we take the money for the materials. And then when the guys are finished, we'll be done. Just so, I've said, this is my promise. This is when you've got the quote, and if you want to proceed, you know what's going to happen next. And then what also that does is we've all had them, them, those clients that you do all of this work 
And then they said, can you please proceed with the job? And you say, yes, can I have a deposit? And they'll say, no, I'll pay you when the job's done. And we've got to get, it's a, it's a two-way street, this. You're giving them a commitment that it's a space in your diary. So I truly believe all flooring works should at least have some form of commitment, even if it's just a lounge for sanding. Take 50 quid, take 100 quid. Because again, if you've been in the game a long time, you've had that text the night before saying, hi, sorry we're not ready for you, can you come next week? No, I'm doing someone else's next week. I can't. So take a deposit. The guys that are supplying the gear, you know that unless you've got exceptional cash flow, it's just, even if you do have exceptional cash flow, you should be taking the full amount for the product before it even leaves the supplier, then you can hold it in stock and then send it out um, with your guys to fit or if you're going to fit. You know, so it's, the commitment's there from both sides. So make that promise at the end of the meeting of what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. The next step is the quotation stage. Now, this is going to be mixed views from some of you. And I've tried really fancy quotation systems. I've tried emails. I've tried hand-delivered. We've tried all sorts of different methods. But I'm going to skim over a basic quotation just so, even if you can implement some of it that you're not doing, you'll get value from this podcast. But one thing I want you to consider is just putting more effort into your quotations. This piece of paper or this email is writing you a check for that next job. So if you present it well, and make out that you give a toss about getting this job, no matter if it's a 500 pound job or a 50 grand job, make a bloody effort that it's a good fit for you and the client and that you've made an effort to create that relationship. So present it well, present it clearly, put all of the details you've discussed on the quote. Now, this is an interesting one for some guys, and some guys will say, I'm not doing that, I haven't got time for that, but I'll, I'm going to let you know what we do. So we've tried all of these different things, and we've done percentages and checked of conversion rates um, so we can get the best um, margin and the best type of jobs. So we send all of our quotes old school, envelope and a stamp we're going back to the 90s but what we do so dear mr and mrs smith opening line it was great to meet you and your husband or it was great to meet the pair of you uh, and boris the dog i do hope you've completed the decorating you're doing you know if they were stripping wallpaper or basically just mention something a bit friendly at the start and then specify your quotation now give them the details 
So if it's a hallway and they said, oh, don't do the understairs cupboard, put that on the quote, say hallway, exclude cupboard. Because we've all done it, get to the job three months later, and they'll say, you said you'd do the cupboard. No, I didn't. So be descriptive, pop it on the quote, put all the information on there. Um, then at the end of the quote, mention, say, look, if you've got any further questions or you'd like to place a booking, do not hesitate to contact me. I will follow this quote up in around seven days to see how we feel about the above or something like that. You've got to personalize it. It's got to be you speaking. It's got to be professional, but it's got to be you speaking. And as we said before, if you can, and if everything does get these out fast, put a first class stamp on it. If it's around the corner from your house, go and hand deliver it. Yes, all of these things are a bit excessive, but what you do not want the client doing is sat there rocking on their chair going, why is he not quoted it? Is he going to quote it? What's happened? You know, they they don't care if you've been busy last week. Um, but even if you've made that promise, look, I do my quotes on a Friday, but this Friday I'm away with my family, so it won't be till next Friday I get it. That's okay. But just give them that information. Be clear and transparent of how your quoting process works and promise them when it's coming. So, so we computerize it, then send it out with a first-class stamp, and we endeavor to get it out within 24 hours of the site. But we have a team around us that can deliver that a lot quicker. Some of you guys might not, some of you do, but speed. Show that you give a toss, just show. So another little tip which quite works well is if you've got a friend um, who's a decorator or a cleaning company or someone you truly believe is an asset and they do what they say, a bit like you, also mention to the client, oh, I've got a friend who's a decorator, put their details with the quotation. Something where it's, look, I've thought about this. Here's, here's the telephone number. So, yeah, just do some little, little bits like that. But just before you, well, I've always done quotes this way. Yeah, but what about just looking at what else you could do? Just go that extra mile. But by doing that, you can demand more money, more margin more money that you've made before because you can imagine if your quote is at 2000 it arrived swiftly it was well presented you were well presented and then your major competition came in at 1500 pound but they turned up late they didn't really acknowledge what the client wanted and they told them they wanted this that wasn't quite what they had in mind and then because they wanted the quote, they had to chase them twice to get the quote. Suddenly, that it's £500 more doesn't make a blind bit of difference at all. So put your client experience first throughout the whole of this process, not the price. On this podcast, we're not going to go into pricing. We're not going to go of what to charge and how to charge. But what I can say is if you follow some of this process or all of this process 
and add 10, 20, 30% onto your price that you currently charge and present yourself as the best version of you and show that you are the expert, you are the guy in the area to do this job. And all the way through this process, you can demonstrate that. That extra money that you've put on, yes, there's cost associated with stamps and t-shirts and stuff, but that's where this extra margin can come from. That client is buying an experience of you. They're not buying time. They are in theory, but they're looking for a result. They're looking from what they've got now to a finished result. It's exactly the same if you go out for a meal with your loved ones and let's say there's two of you and the steak and the beer comes to 160 pounds. Most people are like, wow, that's a lot of money for a steak. But if that waiter is exceptional and the steak is exceptional and the guy or the girl who greeted you on the door was really friendly and knew your name and was interested in what you'd been up to today, that £160 suddenly, yes, you've got in the pit of your stomach that's a lot of money and it was a special occasion, but you feel you've got real good value for money. However, if you go to your local beef eater and order a £9 steak for you and your friend and the bill comes to £40, but you got some spotty teenager that grunted you as you walked in and your pint of carling took 35 minutes to come and then you ordered a rare steak and it came absolutely cindered. Suddenly that, that eight, nine pound steak was not good value. You can get my point. Focus on your client experience at all points of their journey. Obviously when you're doing the work as well, but focus on it from the time that they make contact with you at the beginning. Show that you're a human and you give a toss. And the results will follow in spades. And this leads us to the final part of the podcast, which I'm pretty guaranteed that the guys that are out in the vans don't do. Some of you guys that have shops and retail stores, you've got the time to do this or you've got the resources to do this. But again, so valuable. And this can actually get you more work even if you don't win the job. So the final step is the follow-up. Yes, it's uncomfortable if they've given you radio silence. You spent ages doing that quote. You spent ages going to look at that job. Spent ages trying to find prices from suppliers and the bastards that didn't even respond to your email. They didn't even say anything. So you've already promised them that you're going to phone them. You've already put it on your quotation. You're going to chase it up. So get them on the phone. Give them a call. Say, hey, Mrs. Smith, I sent you a quote a week ago. I'm just wondering if you've got any other questions. I'll let them speak. If, if they ignore the call, send them a text message. Hi, Mrs. Smith. It's Andrew from Andrew's Flooring. I'm just double checking you received the quote and wondered if you have any questions. Again, fair play. If you get complete radio silence, it may be dead. But follow it up. Now, 
If they say, yeah, you're too expensive, okay, that's fine. Move on. Don't drop your price. Do not. Just move on. That's another element of what we look at here when we look at the pricing. But unfortunately, this today we don't have time to look at the pricing elements of this book. So you've got the feedback from them and they say, um, it's too expensive. We went with another company. We did this. That's cool. Some of them might say, oh, actually, we're going to proceed with a quote, but we're just waiting for a quote for decorating. But again, you know what's going on. So the, the, the lead could still be live. But listen to your clients. So even if they say you were too expensive, I went with a different supplier. Ask them how or how much buy. If you use the wording, I value feedback massively and I'm always trying to improve myself, my business. It's uncomfortable for them. You've asked them what you've done wrong. And you may not have done anything wrong, but again, what it'll do is make sure you get them initial questions correct and ask the correct questions throughout the consultation. And just listen to what the feedback is. So yes, this conversation could be a little uncomfortable, but honestly, one next step is this client could come back and say, oh, I've gone with a cheaper quote. What then happens is that guy doesn't show up. That guy starts messing them about. That guy loses the job that he had. And what happens is they come back to you and go, hey, I made a mistake. I went with a cheaper quote and it backfired. Can you do the work for me? You say, yeah, absolutely no problem. Let's proceed. It may not happen that way, but again, just ask for feedback at the end of this process. Obviously, if they've already given you the job, obviously, if they said, please proceed when you've sent the email or the quote, brilliant, we've won the work. All of that effort was well worth it. To recap, client experience first, add more cost on, so you can deliver an exceptional service and product every time. I do hope this has been valuable and I do hope you got something from it, even if it doesn't completely fit with your business. We do run intensive two and three day courses solely on client experience and closing deals. And again, we're not selling snake oil to clients. We are selling integrity, high quality products and being the best flooring expert in the area you work in so it's not about selling it's about asking the right questions thanks again for listening today hope this has been useful we'll see you again here soon